Hi, you're listening to the Indie Bookshelf podcast with me, Holly. And me, Amy. As we champion the indie book industry, from independent authors and publishers to independent bookshops. We have a range of literary discussions and book recommendations to indulge your love for all things bookish. In today's episode, we discuss the question, what makes books magical? So make yourselves comfortable, grab your hot drink, and let's dive right in. So, Holly, what do we mean by making books magical? Well, the idea behind this question came from the fact that when I think of the experience of reading, there just seems something intrinsically magical about that process. And I couldn't quite put my finger on what it was that makes books so special in this regard. And yet, when I wrote the question, it seemed to me that anybody who loves books and loves reading instinctively knows what the question means by what what makes books magical. But actually, when you drill down into it of why do we have this this magical experience when we're reading, um, I just wanted... I was interested myself to find out what I thought actually made those ingredients of what it is that makes a book magical, what it is that makes reading so special. So that was where the idea came from. Um, I don't know whether you have anything to add to that. Do you know, I really don't. You summed it up so beautifully. I think, yeah, just the, the fact that of all the objects in my house, I'm looking into my house now. It's it's the books that as as an object itself, it's weirdly special. And I know it's just a book and you can see this feels wrong even saying. You can put it in the bin and that's okay. It's it's a it's an object. <laughs> but saying that felt illegal. And there's yep. there's something about the the book as an object as well as an experience that is that is magical. Mm. I'm not going to put any of my books in the bin, by the way. <laughs> Somehow I uh, I didn't think you would. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're, they're somehow precious, aren't they? Um, and and even like, you know, going back in, in time, I went to a, one of the oldest libraries um, in the UK a while back. And what they used to do was chain these books to the shelves because they were so expensive and so precious that they would have to physically ensure that thieves couldn't come in and take them away. And, okay, we don't chain our books to shelves now, but there is still a sense of, despite the fact that books aren't maybe the most financially uh, expensive item out there, there's still something so precious about them. And we all have that tatty old book that we read have read a million and one different times and maybe we've kept through childhood and that we maybe want to pass on to somebody that they're, they're sentimental objects as well um which is really special and, and and I think one of the things just as I was sort of preparing for this discussion um one of the things I was thinking about is um I don't consider films to be magical in anything like the same way despite the fact that films are incredible pieces artistry 
and there's the script writing there's acting in there there's music you know if, if you if you're coming from an all-encompassing creative experience a film really is that and yet and yet it doesn't feel magical in the same way as reading a book is and I want to know why yes oh no because I'm going to start going on about the library now which is just a magical access to books we're not going to do that now is not the time but get a library card if you don't have one already wonderful one other thing as I was sort of just preparing for this was when I think about the magic of books, there is one quote that just stands out to me um, from Roald Dahl's book, Matilda. Now, I know Roald Dahl is an interesting figure at the moment, and that, that is a discussion for another day. Um, I have no idea whether this particular bit has been edited or not, um, but I'm going to read the quote that I found um, just because I think it captures something of the magic of reading. So this is the quote from Matilda. The books transported her into new worlds and introduced her to amazing people who lived exciting lives. She went on olden day sailing ships with Joseph Conrad. She went to Africa with Ernest Hemingway and to India with Rudyard Kipling. She travelled all over the world while sitting in her little room in an English village. So Matilda's strong young mind continued to grow, nurtured by the voices of all those authors who had sent their books out into the world like ships on the sea. These books gave Matilda a hopeful and comforting message. You are not alone. I just think that's beautiful. It is. It is. Let's dive in. What books do you find the most magical? I think the books I find the most magical are those that somehow connect and resonate really deeply with me whether it's the characters that just almost feel like friends because somehow somebody has written them in such a way that they feel so true to life or whether it's a way of looking at the world and a perspective that I would not have thought of myself and yet that really connects and means something to me and changes the way maybe I interact with the world or think about it or just a really immersive experience where you feel as if you're living in the time, place, world that the author is describing. And where somehow it, it connects with you to the point where you feel like you're living through the narrative somehow. That, that is what comes to mind straight away. What do you think, Amy? I'm trying to think of a particular book, but what I find particularly magical about books is you can find one that that if you read it at the right moment in your life just speaks so so clearly to to what you're going through or like how your brain is where you are at that time and you can live through this experience of a book and if you come back to it a year or two years later and read it it's it's a completely different experience um mm -hmm. and you can read a book on the contrary one year and you think this is i don't see what the hype is for this book and then perhaps your circumstances change and you might be able to reread that book and it it speaks to you the same way that it spoke to other people um 
So yes, I think what, what I find really magical about books that is book. how it can just really reflect your own life and how that experience of the book changes depending on who you are and where you are. Yeah, that makes complete sense. There's something about no matter how many times you might read a book, each reading of it is individual and unique. And there are particular occasions when we might read a book that where it just resonates so deeply and shines a light, maybe maybe mirrors to us what we're thinking and feeling and and enables us to find a form of self-expression perhaps through a different character, a different person. Um, but enables us to feel like what we're going through on the inside is somehow expressed in what we're reading. Mm. Can't think of any examples. I can think of one example um, from when I first got back into reading for pleasure, which was I'd, I'd spent many, many years reading mainly for study through school and university and really hadn't read many books for fun at all during that period because reading just felt like work to me and then it was during um it was two years after I left uni and I started reading again just taking books out of my local library and I read one of Carol Matthews books in her chocolate club series um, I believe it's either the second or the third in the series. And the main character was really struggling with just the pace of life and how busy everything was. And the fact that she was so tired and she didn't have time really to spend with her boyfriend particularly. And he was also working really hard and they felt like ships in the night. And this was the kind of setup for the book. And something in that just made me go, hang on, but I'm tired. I'm struggling I'm feeling like I'm passing with my husband like ships in the night um we're both so busy so overwhelmed we're not we don't have the energy to even have that quality time together and I kind of was already aware that that was where I was and yet the fact that it was written so beautifully and sensitively and compassionately in this book I think enabled me to have a new way of seeing my own experience and saying okay maybe maybe I need to change something here what is it that I'm actually going through? Maybe I can have more compassion to myself rather than just feeling annoyed with myself that I don't seem to be able to have the energy to cope with things. And that was a, a really strong moment of that. Wow, that book really mirrored my own experience back to me, um, which was, yeah, quite moving, really. Mm. I've got my example. Um, not yeah, from sorry. not from a a book that speaks to your own experience, but a book that's magical through showing just what language can do. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, it's L O M I N O P by Mark Dunn, and it's set in this uh, fictional world where the alphabet is revered, and they've got a um, it's the alphabet spelt out on. I can't think of the word. It's like a mural um, sculpture type thing. 
and it's it's written entirely in it's an epistolary novel, so it's it's letters between between the characters. And one day, uh, one of the letters falls off from this mural sculpture thing, and the elders or the leaders of this town get together and they decree that this is a sign, and it means that we're no longer allowed to use that letter of the alphabet. So the subsequent letters, all of the words, don't use that letter. And it, it's really easy at first because you can just, I can't remember what the letter was, but it, was, it wasn't a frequently used one. So they just adapted their language a bit so that they didn't need to use words that had that letter in. And then another letter fell off and they adapted their language further. And then uh, several more letters fell off and they had to start changing words to fit these this new constraint um and it was just such a creative way of using language and showing the impact that each individual letter of the alphabet has on how we speak um and how we use words and i read it all basically in one sitting um and had the worst book hangover of my life because i missed <laughs> it so much i'd spent you know, eight, ten hours in this world where something was being done that I hadn't seen before. And something so creative and something you couldn't really replicate because you'd just be doing the same thing again. So it wasn't even like I could go and read another book of the same genre because it it's special. Um, and I just had to sit with the fact that that's the only time that I can read that book for the first time. Um... Which was, was like, it's a very happy and exciting experience and also quite depressing. Mm. And it's funny, I think it's it's quite rare in our day and age that you get those one-time moments. For example, with music, we, in in the past, people would go to a concert and that would be the only time they'd hear a piece of music because people didn't have iPods, iPhones. At Spotify and so on. Um, whereas nowadays, you know, we'll listen to the same. I listen to the same songs probably most days, um, and it's it's very much a repeated experience. Whereas I think, as you say, with a book, um, particularly for that that example, but it's still much more of a a one time experience still. Which yeah, there's something quite rare about that. Are there any books that you don't consider magical? That's a really interesting question. Um, like the roses. Well, yes, but I didn't. <laughs> I didn't think about it when I wrote it down. <laughs> I where I think I was coming from with this question was every now and again I come across a book that just doesn't work for me, and. I'm the kind of person who will not soldier through to the end of the book if it's really not doing anything for me. I will finish it probably about a third of the way in. And if it's still not doing anything for me at that point, I give up on it. And this, in fact, was something that happened to me this week. I've been reading a book. It's a cosy murder mystery. It's set in Cambridge. It's historical fiction. It had all the elements of a great book. And yet... It felt like eating cardboard. It really, it was so dry and tasteless. And 
quite unpleasant somehow. It, it was hard work reading it, but not because the language was difficult, just because it was so bland. I don't know how to describe it. I'm not going to tell you what book it is because no, I don't, don't want to offend any author. Um, <laughs> um, but it, it was a really interesting experience because that book for me really wasn't magical. And the, or maybe the experience of reading it wasn't. And maybe it was for other people. And, um, you know, maybe the process of writing it was magical for the author. And there are all sorts of other ways it could be considered. But for me personally, reading it, it didn't do anything. And I, I ended up putting it down and leaving it. And so I think it's possible for even though I'd say there's something magical about books as a whole and reading as a whole, Sometimes I do think there's an element of quality or timing that is necessary in order to make the reading experience of it magical and that those criteria of the time being right and the quality of the book aren't always met in every single reading experience. Mm. Yes. You're looking thoughtful. What, what are I your thoughts? Thoughtful. So I think the books that I would objectively say aren't magical are the books that I don't want to give airtime to. So I'm not mm -hmm. going to talk about them. Um, and yeah, I think it comes down to, to what makes a book magical is the relationship you have with it. Sounds so gross. Um, <laughs> sorry, I just seconded myself a little bit there. Um, God. <laughs> so, so, like I was saying earlier, you don't always have that connection with a book and it's a bit like food sometimes you are just really craving a what well, i'm craving at the minute some cozy mysteries and normally they they don't they don't gel with me normally that's not what i just want to grab um but at the minute that that's just soothing it's a soothing experience so it's nothing innate and like to do specifically with the books that I'm reading, it's about how I'm interacting with them at, at that moment. And that means that each book is magical or not magical for, for different people at different times. Mm. I love answering a question by not answering it. No, it's, it's a really interesting point. And I think what you've just done is I think separated two different facets of what makes a book magical. One of which is, the reading experience and the reader's relationship to the book itself. But I think you also drew, drew something else out in your first comment there about there being some books you just don't want to give airtime to. And, um, okay, we we could be debating what, what books fall on that list, but let's say, for example, as a, a point, to illustrate a point, let's use Hitler's Mein Kampf. Okay, mm. that's... A very famous book and I would never in a million years in any situation call it magical for obvious reasons which I do not think we need to explain here no no we do not um but it's interesting that 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 is a book <laughs> um some people read it and found it connected with them I am horrified that it did um but I would still never, ever call that book magical. And I think that therefore indicates there's something objective about the ideas and the quality of a book. And to my mind, a book is meant to broaden your empathy. It's meant to broaden your cultural 
horizons it's meant to help you identify with other people and their point of view it's meant to be an agent of positive change and inclusivity and diversity in the world and if a book is not even just not doing that but actively harming those ideals and principles then that to me immediately negates uh, the possibility of it ever being magical regardless of what a reader's experience of it is yes I think that was the perfect example to use to illustrate that point there are books that cause harm and they're not magical yeah and in fact I, I do think that um it was interesting I, I was chatting to um some friends and asking their thoughts on this uh, fellow book lovers and one of the things that um, came up a couple of times was the fact that for them what makes a book magical one of the ideas about it was that it broadens your perspective it gives you a, an increased sense of empathy it creates your perspective outside of your own point of view and and I think if a book is partially magical because it it taps into those deeper maybe we want to call them psychological or um, sociological or even spiritual aspects of connecting with one another in loving healthy ways and therefore if a book is not doing that that immediately makes it not magical whereas a book if a book is that immediately increases its magic rating I don't know <laughs> I'm, I'm waving my hands about here Amy's laughing at me you should um make a graph Shall we dive into some of the responses from other readers on this, which you've already touched on? Yes, let's do that. Do you want to fire away? See, the first one that you've got down here is escapism. And I both wholly agree and wholly disagree. All in one, because I think some books for me are a really, really escapist experience. And others are magical in the way that they ground me in reality. Um, so a book I'm reading at the minute is, I've forgotten what the book I'm called, reading is called. <laughs> no, it's, it's the classic reader's dilemma, isn't it? Yeah. You get put on the spot and it's like, what am I reading? The book that I'm reading at the minute is called uh, Entangled Life by Merlin Sheldrake, which you might have seen about because uh, Waterstones are really pushing it. Uh, and that's nonfiction. And it's all about mushrooms. And our relationship with mushrooms and mushrooms' relationship with plants and the world and life. And it is incredibly grounding because it's real and it's, you know, it's existence. Um, and honestly, I might need an escape from it once I've finished reading it. Um, so, yeah, it's it, you can find magic in the escapism and in the, the grounding sensations of reading. Hmm. No, that that makes sense, and I think bringing in nonfiction is a really important point here. That perhaps when we first think of the question "what makes books magical," we immediately think of fiction, and we immediately think of those books where we do feel like we get caught up in that different world or different time or different place um, that have that escapist facet to them, and yet that isn't a while it might help make this particular book magical or this particular reading experience magical it's not a necessary requirement in order to make a book magical and actually as you've just said there are all sorts of non-fiction books which aren't escapist at all 
um, or which maybe have a different way of being escapist in that they're drawing your attention to certain parts of reality that help you focus, almost hyper-focus in on that particular element. And that that is a very different form of magical book to the fiction experience. Mm. Or even fiction, especially partially um, semi-autobiographical, semi-autobiographical novels that can have, they, they can be heavy and bleak or or books um tony morrison comes to mind and they're not escapist they at all they are every book that she wrote had a purpose and that purpose was to communicate something um and to communicate reality and for for tony morrison's books in particular is that that communication of reality that's that's magical about her books and about how she gives life and experience to her characters mm. in a way that you, you just can't escape reality because she's put it right there in front of you. Mm. And I think, interestingly, as another example of a book which isn't escapist at all, um, if we look at maybe more the how-to or self-help genre, again, very grounded in practical, down-to-earth, real situations, and I read a book which I would say changed my life. Um, and I don't use that phrase lightly. It was a book called, oh no, I'm going to forget the name as well. It was either Write Now or Write It All Down. I think it was called Write It All Down by Kathy Rensenbrink. And it was the book that started me writing. And that was the impact it had. It gave me the courage and the inspiration and the practical guidance to begin my own writing practice and out of that has been born five children's books and one novel so far and that that was the impact of that book um and so for me that was an intensely magical experience and yet the process of reading it well in a way the experience is still continuing because of the impact it's continuing to have on my life but it wasn't at all escapist. In fact, it was very much a book that was grounding me and, and pushing me to action in the here and now. Yes. So what we've done is very successfully not defined what makes a book magical. <laughs> it's very true. I think as a bit of a summary, we've identified that there are many different criteria that can make a book magical um be that sometimes it's the world building experience sometimes it's your connection to a book and the reading experience sometimes it's the ideas and concepts that are being communicated in the book um sometimes it's about connecting you with empathy and different perspectives sometimes it's about being immersed in that world and sometimes it's about being immersed in our own world through a new lens Mm. and I think what what this conversation has sort of reflected to me is that it's always very much about the reader and about our needs our wants our situation in life and that somehow through the magic of some squiggles on a page um somebody else can have written something which just 
speaks to us on that deeper level um or that inspires us or shows us something new about the world and that that is what makes a book magical and I think we've also discussed which books aren't magical which is also an important thing we have which is quite a lot for you know half an hour or 20 minutes or however long we've been here at so while we have you here an update on the editing for Dragon Outlaw I'm nearly done with the first stage I am so excited (laughs) you're getting a a whole report on your book at the end of next week and I'm going to be here uh, at the end of well probably a Facebook message because we're friends um Only communicate with um with authors over email, so it's it's odd to chat with you on Facebook for any questions. Um, but we can email if we want to set up professional boundaries for this part. That is, we'll discuss the logistics some other time. Um, nobody else needs no, nobody else needs to listen to this. Uh, but what has been really fun has been uh, thinking through the plot and thinking through how our readers are going to experience the plot. Um, and what our main character is is thinking and feeling and what's motivating her. I've, I've had a really large, like a great amount of fun playing around with that and trying to put my, myself in your head and myself in, in, your, in your character's heads as I do that. So that is my, my little editing of update. I've been waiting around in this book and it's nearly done. Woo! No, don't worry, you'll get it back. (laughs) Hopefully in a better shape. (laughs) That's the aim. That was the aim. That is super exciting. So nearly at the end of the developmental editing. Yes. And into the writing phase. Um, And the other news is we will be going to the book fair in April, the London book fair. So that is super exciting. We need to get sorting with logistics on that. Yes, we do. Find us for a free Asteria Press will be there. Yes. Find us for a free bookmark. Exactly. I also need to sort that out. Yeah. But um Thank you, Creative you know, Director that's... Holly. <laughs> Fun times. <laughs> so we'll be back in a fortnight with another book recommendation for you. And that book is Scales of Ash and Smoke by Emily Schneider. Until then, keep reading. <laughs>